Welcome to the Middle Church Podcast, a multicultural, multi-ethnic, intergenerational movement of spirit and justice, powered by revolutionary love with room for everyone. No matter where you are, how you look, or who you love, we pray this podcast will help you on your journey. Here's this week's worship celebration. Hello, hello. Hi, how are you doing? Happy Sunday to you. Good to see you. Welcome to Middle Church. Uh, are you here for the first time, anybody? Anybody first time? Yay, wonderful. Where are you from? Brooklyn. Amsterdam, what? I've been to Amsterdam. I loved it. I could move there, but not right now. I've got work to do. <laughs> yeah. So I'm Jackie Lewis. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And if you're here for the first time online, we welcome you as well. Um, right here, these three lovely folks would love to get one of our cards, our information cards, ushers. The wonderful and lovely Diane is going to give you a card. It's the first Sunday of Black History Month. We are doing a campaign called Black Always. Say it with me, Black Always. So many wonderful things happening uh, this month. I'm gonna highlight a couple. Church is happening every week. Um, We're going to have a really beautiful uh, program on February 14th at Judson Memorial Church at 7 o'clock, which is a program about Israel-Palestine. That's that's our problem. It's their problem. There's a a program called Combatants for Peace. These are Israeli and uh, Palestinian soldiers working for peace. So we'll do an Ash Wednesday program. I know, right? We'll do an Ash Wednesday program with our friends at Judson at 7 o'clock on Ash Wednesday. In the morning, you can get your ashes on on... um, on the Pray to Rise Zoom, uh, but also at noon, uh, Reverend Amanda and I are gonna put ashes on you at the site. So come to 50 East 7th Street for ashes, okay? On Ash Wednesday. Let's see what else. Uh, February 18th begins uh, Reverend Natalie's Linton study on James Baldwin. That's gonna be online and all of this stuff is on the website. I know we're gonna do, it's 100 years of Jimmy Baldwin. So we'll be doing that online together. Um, On the 25th, we have another uh, Lenten study that just got announced that's going to happen that's going to be about art and Lent, and that'll be online, and that starts on the February 25th uh, with Sarah Brooks and Friends, so that's happening. Um, On February 21st, our own Arvin Anderson, AKA Ivan Christopher, okay, and Greater Glory are doing a big album. <laughs> I thought that would make you giggle. Are doing a big album release party um, out, out, out at Art House, try to say that, at Art House in Brooklyn, which is a beautiful venue owned by our own young adult, Isaac uh, Bush. So, fundraiser, fun time, music happening, hear the music. Jackie's gonna be there in a tight black. Th- <laughs> Thank you. 
I just promised Ivan I'd dress up. So come hang out with us, okay? That's going to be beautiful. And then a big, beautiful uh, ending to Black History Month on February 25th. So come, come, come. Also, watch us in social media, giving you black always things to think about. Spirituality, um, justice quotes, religious quotes, etc. Then, because, because Elise is my partner, um, we are starting our, I think, sixth cohort of, for young adults. So if you are young, meaning <laughs> 20s and 30s, okay? 20s and 30s. This is for you, June Jordan says. We're the ones you've been waiting for. We're going to have a gathering here on the 18th of February, right after worship in one of the rooms. We'll tell you which one, with some snacks. Me and John and Elise telling you what we're going to do in recruiting. So if you're this age, Elise wants to put one of these hands in your, no, no, no. And finally, 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 not finally, penultimately, Freedom Rising, you move the world. Do not let Black History Month go by without buying the ticket for the thing produced by the black lady for the multiracial movement of justice. Come on. Don't make me push your buttons. About, no. <laughs> our friends at Freedom Rising, our, our, new, our nonprofit partner, and Middle Church, look at these leaders. Look at these leaders. Grab one of these when you go. Get a ticket. Don't miss it. You'll be embarrassed. OK. Finally now, Mady Moranza's memorial is today. Immediately after worship, 1.30, we'll be here celebrating her life. Uh, she died uh, just about a month ago. Her family is going to be here with us. You're welcome to stay. We'd love to have you right here in this room. That was a lot of announcements. Should we take a breath on that? I need one. Come on up, choir, and get ready to do your thing. And as the choir comes, some of you all were born this month. Tom, whose birthday in February? All right. Let's hit it, Dion. Here we go.
Good morning, church. Good morning. While the choir is clearing, I just want you to know that um, the folks online, hey, y'all, I'm visiting with them up in the balcony today, and they said to tell you hi. Marsha is ushering, and Karen, and Patty, and Ishmael, and Mark, and Christina, Christina, the one in Oregon, not the one in Michigan, and Cosmic, all kinds of people are online with you. So when we get to the pass of the peace, we'll put a microphone here. Please wish them some peace, eh? They would love to see it. It really does make a difference. Um, we are in Black History Month, and for our uh, prayers of the people, we are gonna sing a song. Y'all know how I do <laughs> at this point, right? We're gonna sing a song, um, I Need You to Survive. Y'all know that song? If you don't, it's a very easy song. You will pick it up. What I would love if you are able and comfortable is for you to stand, for you to touch and agree. If you just need to touch the people who you go home with, stay in your little pod and silo, that is okay. And we'll just pray this song together. If you'll look someone in the eye and tell them, I will pray for you.
And now if you will remain standing and pray the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray in whatever language you know, whatever version you know, including the version written in our bulletin. Will you pray with me? Ever-loving and holy God, Now let us pass the peace to our neighbors in whatever way feels safe, friends. It's still a thing happening, right? Peace be with you, Middle Church. online news. It's where I came on to share some programming that's specific to our online members. So here we go. One, we are approaching the season of Lent. Ash Wednesday is on the 14th. One of the places we will hold this is Pray to Rise that morning at 8 a.m. Join me and Reverend Ben and a group of others in our online community. It meets every Wednesday morning and is a great way to start your day and fortify yourself during the week. Head over to our events calendar to register. Two, Baldwin Linton Book Study starts February 18th at 8 p.m. We are reading together his book, Notes of a Native Son. We'll meet on Zoom for six weeks. You can sign up um, on our website for the link, and there are courses and questions and materials 
extra conversation that will take place on middle on circle so make sure you've logged in there and i'm good with using that space if you have trouble please email me my email is in the bulletin number three speaking of middle on circle there are all kinds of things happening there so check it out if you haven't already that's all for now this is an experiment so please write in the chat and tell us what you think now let's get back into worship today.
just kind of, you know, low-key, <laughs> gentle affirmation of our faith. <laughs> Come on, choir. Whoa. here for the first time. Some of you all are back after a long time. Not to pick on anybody. But isn't it really isn't it really wonderful to come to the multicultural church during Black History Month? You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. We got our sounds of blackness on today. Somebody say amen. <laughs> Sometimes we feel a little classical, sometimes we don't. <laughs> it's good to be with you today. The word of God today comes from the book of Isaiah, and it comes from Elise's phone because my computer just died. So uh, you can find a copy of it also up here on the wall. It's Isaiah 40, uh, verses 21 to 31. Let me set this up. We've been in this text a couple of times in the last couple of months. And the beginning of this passage is one you hear around Christmas time. Comfort, comfort, oh my people, says the Lord. Israel has uh, been put out of doors, it thinks, by God. Uh, not been faithful, not been um, appropriate, uh, worshiping other gods leading to an exile, uh, not only from their land, but let's say from their better, higher selves. And in this part of Isaiah, the prophets, this is a community now of prophets, are turning a corner from the despair and the hopelessness, the pain and the heartache, the outdoor feeling that Israel has for not getting it right, to a new time, literally a new temporal time, but also a new kind of feeling tone time where maybe the relationship with God is being restored, okay? So that's what, that's what this is about <laughs> right here. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is God who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are all like grasshoppers, it's God who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to live in, who brings princes to naught and makes the rulers of the earth as nothing. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown. Scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth, which God blows upon them and they wither. And the tempest carries them off like stubble. To whom then will you compare me, or who is my equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. God who brings out their host and numbers them, calling them all by name because God is great in strength, mighty in power, not one is missing. 
Why do you say, O Jacob, and assert, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. God does not, not faint or grow weary. God's understanding is unsearchable. God gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary. And the young will fall exhausted. But those, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall, say it with me, mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is the sure enough word of God for the people of God. Somebody say amen. Amen. When I was a little girl, in the King James Version, from the red letter Bible with the gold leaf pages, <laughs> with the names of the ancestors inside the front cover in my mother's beautiful cursive, was my mom's canon. Daddy had one too, because we all have our canon. The favorite texts we go to, the scriptures we go to, the words we go to, that remind us of who we are and whose we are, the things that get us through the night and give us joy in the morning after we've cried our eyes out. My mother's canon was in that Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered everything. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pasture. He leadeth me besides the still water. This was before inclusive language. God was always a he. And if he didn't have an F on the end, or he wasn't ye and thou, it wasn't really religious. <laughs> Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. A liar will not tarrieth in his sight. What the heck was tarrieth? What? I'm still not sure I know what tarrieth means. But I knew mommy was trying to say lying wasn't good and we best not do it because spare the rod. <laughs> and spoil that damn child. <laughs> I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate me from my God. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on eagles' wings. They will walk 
and not get weary. They will run and not faint. I thought it was in the Psalms until I went to seminary. I didn't know it was at the apex of Isaiah's argument. As Isaiah and the people of Isaiah's community were turning the corner from despair to hope, from, from, from dis depression to a vision of a world that they could live in, from feeling like they were cast out and never to be recovered again, to our God is able to love us anyway. That's what this chapter is all about. It's turning Israel's focus, Jacob's focus, from their mess, from their stuff, from their failings, from their shortcomings, from their sin, from their lackluster performance as the people of God to God. Because in fact, God's godness didn't downshift because the people weren't holy. God's godship, God's godness, God's godliness was there from the beginning of time which one scholar would call the before the before. From the beginning of the foundations of the earth, the God that set the stars ablaze in the blanket called the sky, the God that put the firmament between the heavens and the earth, the God that just simply spoke and the creatures came a creaturing and a crawling and a flying and a slithering, the God that pronounced humankind good even though, very good even though, very good even though God knew they were not perfect. P.S. by the way, my friend John Kinney calls the story of the fall fallen theology. That when God created us good and wonderful and amazing and fabulous, God knew that God had built in some willfulness and that we were, in fact, going to do the thing we were told not to do. And Kenny says that's just evolution. That's just people becoming people. In other words, that's just doing what we're supposed to do. And so why did we pin all the brokenness on Eve and Adam's just being human? He calls that fallen theology. The God who created us exactly as we are, all of us, exactly as we are, doesn't stop being God because we're human. The God who created all of us exactly as we are, expected, anticipated, in fact designed our complicated flawedness because I think God is fascinated by it. <laughs> Just kind of enjoys. They're so quirky and cute. <laughs> what they gonna do today? <laughs> oh, that's so special. <laughs> Look at them thinking they're independent from each other. <laughs> they think they can make it without their community. <laughs> Look at them, lions and tigers and bears. This text in Isaiah is reminding the community that hears it that their little tantrums and their little foibles 
and their giant, war-causing, horrific, mind-bending ability to wreak havoc on the earth, none of that stops God from loving them. And none of that stops God from being God, which is to say none of it stops God from taking their mess and sifting through it and helping them to find a way out of no way to cause even the worst things to improve their humanity, to build compassion, to etch on their souls a better way to be because they know this way is not going to work. I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth, King James Version, me. I can do all things through the anointing, was in my mama's canon, that strengtheneth me. A child of a child of a child of enslaved people. A girl picking cotton when she was four a girl walking across the street on the other side from the white folks so as not to meet their eyes and be perceived as sassy, a girl poor eating corn pone, you know, for dinner, might not get breakfast out in the fields helping her mother maintain their life, a girl whose people's people's people cramped in ships came across in the Middle Passage, and not only survived, thrived, and made the world what it is with the greatness of their blackness. In her canon is the misery and heartache and suffering and outsiderness that only, only, can coexist with the terror that is American life because you know there's a God that loves you anyway. Are you with me? This is what's in the text today. A people who know they can't make it on their own, a people who know they need a love so amazing, so divine, a people who know that there is a God, a God who loves them, who will not forsake them, who will hold them, who will keep them on the path, who will redeem and resuscitate them and make them whole. That's my people's canon. My people are the, are, I'm talking about black people now. You're my, you're my people too. In this amazingly beautiful book, amazingly beautiful book by Marcy Alvis Walker, she has a chapter called The Stuff I'm Made Of. I want to read it one little bit to you, even though we're going to get long, because her prose is so incredibly crazy. She says, to give you some idea of the kind of stuff I'm made of and the backbone from which I emerged and with which I now stand, let me tell you a story. One day, while going about the business of her life driving my three sisters and brother in tow, my mother was hit by a moving train. My mother was hit by a moving train. 
everyone survived without a single scratch. That was in the 60s before I was born and my siblings were born, little tots at the time, and seat belts and toddler seats were only a suggestion, not even standard in some vehicles. What I'm saying is that on a normal rudimentary day, my mother and siblings escaped death by way of a miracle. The local newspapers wrote about them. Who can really say how it happened or how on earth they survived? But they did survive, and we are all quite astonished still. This is the stuff my family is made of. We get hit by trains. We get hit by trains, and we get on with, with our day. <laughs> Her mother was found smoking two cigarettes beside the total car by her husband when the train crash had ended and the children were OK. What I'm trying to tell you is my people, I'm trying to tell you my people get hit by trains and go on about our day. We get hit by the trains of white supremacist ideologies that do not recede, no matter how far we've overcome. We get hit by the trains of idolatry that is capitalism. I have on a nice dress, but I'm talking about the kind of capitalism that believes some children should go to school hungry. They get hit by the trains of homophobia. They get hit by the trains of class distinction. They get hit by the trains of bias in healthcare, and they keep on moving. Why? Because they know God is able. Why? Because they know God is able. I'm a progressive theologian. I don't believe in magical God stuff. I don't believe if I put myself in harm's way and stand in front of a train, it necessarily means God is going to jump down and protect me. God is busy and might not be there. But I was cut. I was raised. I was honed. I was birthed in a people's bosom who are only alive on the planet because there's a God who makes a way out of no way. I'm a witness, I testify to the strength of my parents' ability to flourish in Jim Crow, Mississippi, in the Depression with single mothers whose fathers went to the North to find a new way and never came home because they knew there was a love that would never let them go. I'm trying to tell you in this Black History Month, what's in my canon is my mama's faith. What's in my canon is my dad's stick to itiveness. And what's in my canon is black folks' religion, which keeps me standing in the midst of the horrific daily onslaught that is racism in America. Do not tell yourself that it isn't. Who's black in the room? I'm just saying, if you might be black and not, I can't tell. <laughs> who's, who's black in the room that does not deal with discriminatory practices 
every damn single day of your life? Raise that hand. We are here. We are black, straight, queer. We are women and men. We are foot soldiers in the movement. Some of us are broke, some of us are not, but we are on the planet because God is God. We are on the planet because God is God. This is the gift blackness can give to this multiracial community in this month, is a peek into the canon that is black spirituality. We don't believe everything in that Bible. Come on. Because some of it is wacko. <laughs> and some of it is oppressing. Ain't nothing liberating in some of that stuff, including I should be quiet right now. With my female identified talking so. Beep, beep, beep. But in our canon is they who wait on the Lord. They that wait on the Lord. They who expect the Lord to come. They who anticipate the arrival of the Holy. They who wait on the Lord. Not twiddling their thumbs. They who wait on the Lord. Actively working for a just society. They who wait on the Lord. Will what? Renew their what? And then what? Mount up like what? On wings of eagles. And then do what? Run and not get weary and walk and not faint. So it shall be written. So it shall be done. Amen. Come, y'all. Let us gather around the welcome table. There's a song that a lot of us in the African diaspora and the black church sing during communion. Let us break bread together. Y'all know that song? Jackie and I have sung this song all our lives. All of our lives. <laughs> and uh, a lot of middle knows it, and perhaps you've sung it as well. I heard some of y'all say, uh-huh. stand as communion words. If you know it, please sing along. If you don't, don't worry. It's very straightforward. Lots of repeats, and you will certainly catch on. And now let us meet what is holy when we come together over a meal, when we come together to remember what has been lost, and when we hold dreams together as community.
do this in remembrance of me. for you. Drink in remembrance of the one who came in love. pray. God, may this moment of communion remind us of ways in which we can hold each other in a spirit of everlasting peace, of everlasting love, and of joy, even in the midst of struggle. In your precious name we pray. Amen. not in a Broadway show. I'm going to ask John Del Cueto a question. Does choir need to leave? Are you all good to keep moving? Just want to check in, babe. You got another song to say. I know. Okay, we get to the... <laughs> John Del Cueto. <laughs> okay, just want to check, because I can change the worship order. Okay, awesome. Okay. We have a wonderful gift of our Join the Movement from Dr. Alan Singleton. Good afternoon, Middle Church. Happy Black History Month. I, my name is Alan Singleton, and I am 91 years old. And I am black history. Yeah. <laughs> Tuesday or Wednesday, while watching the news on television, the announcer mentioned that come Thursday, February 1st, Black History Month, the United States Post Office is putting out a new stamp honoring one of the black icons during the social justice movement and announce the name. 
Constance Baker Motley. I yelled out in my apartment. I was with her on many social justice occasions during the 60s. Constance Baker Motley served as a judge of the United States District Court for the Southern District of New York, a key strategist of the civil rights movement. She was a state senator and borough president of Manhattan in New York City before becoming a United States federal judge, obtaining a role with the NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund as a staff member in 1946 after receiving her law degree. She was a law clerk to Thurgood Marshall, aiding him in the case Brown versus Board of Education. The fight for social justice continues. I had the opportunity to meeting Dr. Kenneth Clark when he was a guest speaker at one of our faculty member, our faculty meeting when I was teaching in Harlem at the time during the 60s. Dr. Clark was the first African American to receive a doctorate degree in psychology from Columbia University. Um, also, the first African-American tenured full professor at the City College of New York. The first African-American to be president of the American Psychological Association and the first African-American appointed to the United States Board of, I mean, New York State Board of Regents. He, along with his wife, who is also a psychologist, were influential in the, uh, to the civil rights movement, and their expertise allowed them to verify, I mean, to testify as expert witnesses in several school desegregation cases, including Brown versus Board of Education in 1954. Both made significant contributions to the field of psychology, and so the second movement of their time. Another person who I met while at this school, we used to always have, the principal used to always have some outstanding black person about three times during the year to speak. And the other one was James Baldwin, who was born and reared in Harlem, went to school in Harlem, wrote eloquently, thoughtfully, and passionately about race in America in novels, essays, and plays. He is perhaps best known or for his book, on essays, and particularly notes of a native son, nobody knows my name, and the fire next time. I have met many others who fought for social justice, like Dr. Martin Luther King, 
Coretta King, John Lewis, Betty Chavez. You have a chance to fight for social justice right here at Middle Collegiate. That's one of the many reasons why I joined Middle about 10 years ago. So why don't you join Middle if you're not a member and help us continue to fight in this struggle for justice. You can join Middle by going to your website at middlechurch.org. Also, you can help Middle Church by giving money to support our cause. And please, please give generously. Thank you.
Let's have our doxology. Your word says that we should give honor to you with the first fruits of our wealth. Accept our tithes and offerings as a gift of worship to you. Multiply what we give for the effective growth of your kingdom. May Christ dwell in our hearts through faith so that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may have the strength to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. May we be filled with all the fullness of God. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. You remain standing for our closing hymn. Lift every voice and sing.
first an announcement, because I need your help. There is a memorial at 1.30. Family's beginning to arrive. Um, we're going to just need to whoop, 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 but a little bit sort of on the way out the door. You know what I mean? That feeling of charismatic love, boop, 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 out the door. Um, because also, uh, Easton Temple has a blacked out day today. So we need to get our family in here and also let our hosts do their thing that they need to do. Is everybody with me? Take somebody you love to brunch, take a stranger, take me. But, oh, I have to do the memorial. OK, so that's, so that's one thing. Secondly, pay attention to the website for all the beautiful Black History Month, Black Always things we can do. Lots of you all are coming to the conference. Can't wait. I would like to give you a blessing. A gift of being in this multi-ethnic, multicultural, many-gendered, many-splendored thing community is how we get to teach each other what we are about. Black folks' religion has a gift to give all of us. It isn't because things have rocked and rolled with joy and fabulousness that we know that God is God every day. It's that we're fabulously God's people every day. And don't you know God is able to do more than we can ask or imagine through the power at work within us, not in some magical way, but partnering with us to heal our souls and to heal the world. That's what time it is. That's what Black History Month has to teach us about black folks' religion. That's what's in our canon. Run and not get weary, mounting up on eagles' wings until we get to the promised land together. I love you. God bless you and keep you. Meet me out here for a quick hug. And go. <laughs> Thanks for listening, friends. To learn more about Middle Church, visit middlechurch.org. You can help grow this movement of love and justice by rating us on Apple or Spotify and by sharing this episode with a friend or two. Send us an email at infomiddlechurch.org if you have any questions or comments. We hope you'll come back next week. Bye for now.